Good morning. It's good to see you this morning. It's good to be able to spend this time together as we worship our God with other this this morning. I often will contend that every single relationship that we have in this world, take your pick. It doesn't make a difference. Every single relationship that we have in this world, we have directive for that relationship given to us in this book. Every single relationship, there are a lot. A lot of different relationships that we have, maybe with our spouse, with our family, the relationships that we have at work or at school, the relationships that we have with our enemies or strangers even among us. All of those relationships, we are giving very specific directives on our attitudes and the way that we should go about or ways that we should not go about participating in that relationship. Every single one. And there is an argument that I think could be made that besides our relationship with God, no other relationship is, is talked about more in the pages of this book than the relationship that we share with one another. As I'll pass on. The relationship that we have with one another. There's a Greek word that we have in the page of the New Testament, aleo, however that's pronounced. That's what we're going to go with this morning. It's what is translated that phrase, one other. And it occurs in the page of the New Testament 93 times. 93 times one Greek word, one another, is found in the New Testament. About 60 of those times. Roughly 60 of those times will talk specifically about how to and, and how not to behave with the relationships that we have with, with each other. Sixty specific things on how to and how not to. Now, I'm going to ask you this morning. It's not going to be, going to be the first time. We're going to do it, do it again. But I want you just for a second to just awkwardly look, look around just for a moment. And I say awkwardly because every time we say look around, it's going to be awkward, right? Listen, I'm looking at everybody. So think about how awkward it is for this for me. Just for a second. I, it is no secret of us here, here, members of this body. It is no secret that we here at Raiders Point are growing, and we are going rapidly. And for me, and the perspective that I have, and the perspective that I'm going to ask you to have as well, is one of a beautiful, growing family. And focus fully upon the incredible blessing that we have received by God. For the that we have here, it is an incredible blessing to have one another. An incredible blessing. And although maybe you're doing the math in your mind that I made reference to 60 New Testament passages, we're not going to cover, cover all 60 of those today, but, but today are going, going to cover 12 of those. But again, before you start doing the, doing the math on that, we're going to cover six of those this morning. And six more tonight. 
a day focused on this idea. And I'm going to ask, and John this evening will ask, ask a very similar thing, or so now I have forced him to ask a very similar thing, because he doesn't want to make me a liar standing up here. You're right. And I ask you to, you to focus on two very, very specific things as we go through these, these passages. And we're not, we're not going to get fancy about it. We go through these passages, and we're going to see what it says specifically about our relationship with one another. We're going to make application of that, what that looks like practically today in each and every one of those cases. But I want you to be struck by two things. First and foremost, for certain, be struck about the specific thing they're talking about. For sure be struck by that. But I also, in the day that we focus on one another, I want you to be focused on all you passages. It is everywhere New Testament that, that God wants us considering and thinking and meditating about one another. This beautiful, growing family that we are part of. So six this morning, let's get started. The first is love one another. One, one passage that shows is, is in John 13, begin, beginning in verse 4. In John 13, be, beginning in verse 4, again you have this from Jesus. A new, new, command, a new, new command I give to, to you that you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. This all, all will know that you are, are my disciples if you have love for one another. Three different times in this one passage, in these two verse, verses, he reiterates that same phrase. Here, here's a new commandment. What is, what is that command? You need to love, love one another. And if you, if you missed then, you need to love one another. And I have loved you. And if you missed it then, you need to, as this passage closes, love one another. When we read, we read this passage from Jesus, for me, there are a couple of things that stand out immediately. And the first is that this kind of love will set us apart from everyone else. There's all kinds of love we'll have for others in the world that we live in. There's love that family members have for each other. There's love that friends have for each other. There is a lot of love to go around. But Jesus is making it here. The, the love that disciples will have from one another will be so different in appearance that people will be able to look at your relationship and know that that is unique, that is special, and that that, that is different. That they, just by looking at your relationship, know they have love for one another and Christ loved. And that in this passage is just the thing that stands out. You see, certainly Christ's disciples will be known by this kind of love, but what kind of love is it? As Christ loved. A woeful love, a sacrificial love, loving with, with the purity of heart, loving fervently as Jesus said, even unto death. You see, this, see this commandment as Jesus loved. 
is the relationship that we should have with one another. And that's why I wanted to start, start not just for, the, for this morning, for our, our day, to focus, focus this. And, and, and throughout our time this this and tonight, moments of question, moments of examination, at, at times diff- difficult, but, in, but needed to ask, do I love in this way? Do I look out for in this way? I asked you, I asked you a mo to look around, around and maybe, maybe you saw some or a few or a couple that you love this way. But take no notice in this passage, it's not about a few or some or a couple about one another. And so as we begin, it is here, love one another. And the second one we're going to talk about this morning really builds upon it. And that's why I put it, put it here second on the list. I want you to listen to the way that Paul writes about it and the words that he uses. Remember, love one another and builds. What then will that look like? Galatians chapter 5 and verse 10, For you, you brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity flesh. But listen. But through love, serve one another. You see, the reality is, is where there is love, there will be servitude. And a lot of ways, ways serve a manifestation of love, right? We that in our uh, other relationships. Love that we, that we have for our spouse most leads us to do things for them. The love that, love that we have for friends leads, leads to do things for them, right? I mean, we understand that, that concept because we use it and we see it all, all time. the time. The love that we have lead, leads us do for. for. And, and, and so as we are again look, looking around the room and we are to have, have love for love for another, the manifestation of that love is service. And the issue becomes, that's against human nature and sure in a way. Human nature is the one to be the, the master, not the servant. That's what made Jesus so different when he was here. You see, when he came to this earth, he lived as, as God, as Lord, as the King, all of those realities, but came to this world to do what? To serve. Yes, he verbalized that lots of times, but, but he more than verbalized that, he actually showcased that over and over and over, sacrificing his own, his own physical well-being of sleep or of, of food or his desire to be alone would set it all aside to, to help to serve others would exemplify that with his own apostles by the washing of their feet. Made the point that this is the attitude we should have for for one another. So the the question is, Jesus being a server of others, how is it that we can can follow his steps steps without being the same? It's a great blessing we have of a great, growing, beautiful family is, is the amount of opportunities that we have to serve. And the examination is how do I look at those opportunities? 
Do I bemoan those, those opportunities to serve when an email comes or a, a something, something they'd reference to? Or do I relish those opportunities? An opportunity to serve one another. Thirdly, thirdly we have pray for one another. James 5 and verse 16, confess your trespasses to one another. Not one that we're talking about here, but one we may talk about later today. today. And pray for one another that you may, may be healed. The effect of fervent prayer, a righteous man, avails much. You know, this is an interesting passage, a powerful one in a, in a lot of ways. You know, the importance of just tossing it, praying for one another. You start to understand what a reality that we, we live in. We, we live in a reality where every one of us understands the reality that we need to pray. Not a one of us, if we went around this morning and said, do, do we need to pray? Do, do we need, need to pray? Everybody, everybody acknowledges the reality that, that we have a need to pray. Everybody does. Everybody acknowledges that. But, but you know, also, I, I think for, for the most part, we acknowledge that, that we need to pray for others. I think that is also something easy to acknowledge. That, yes, I need to pray. To pray. Yes, I agree with that. That, yes, I need to pray for others. But there's also a, also a flip side of that in this passage, certainly in a one another idea, that it isn't not just that I need to pray, pray or that, that I need to pray for others, but... I also know need others to pray for me. Now, now we're going to think about the concept of that and, and the impact that then has on our relationship. If I, if I have an acknowledgement that, that, yes, I need to pray, everybody should have an acknowledgement like that. But, but what about in our relationship that I also acknowledge my good brother Tim, I pray for, for him. Yeah, I do. I need to pray for him. I need to pray for his for his family. What about also the acknowledgement that I need Tim praying for me? And now that, that tie that we have is have is longer. Because it's not just about, hey, Tim needs me. He needs me. He does. He does, he does need me. But it's so much more than that because I need him. It's not just that he needs me, he does, but I need him as well. And that comes to the idea of our prayers. And now our relationship we have becomes so much stronger. That's how prayer is powerful. That's how there's benefit for me praying for Tim. Tim praying for me, us praying for one another. You want to talk powerful prayer? Is if I'm going to God, I'm praying for my, for my brother Tim, but maybe at the, at the same time he's going to God and he's praying for me. Think about the powerful connection of some, something like that. It is a powerful thing that we have. A bond that we have, have through God. That I care so much for Tim, I'm, I'm willing to pray for him. And he cares so much for, much for me, he's willing to pray, to pray for me. But again, we've looked around. How much incredible opportunities do we have to pray for one another? Because Tim isn't, isn't the only here that I need praying for. I need to, need to be praying for everybody, for all of you. 
something we have in our mind. I don't know, no, you know, I know it's important to pray, to pray. I just don't, I don't, I don't know what to pray about. I go with what to what to pray about. Well, just take an awkward look around. And I'll add one other thing. If you in some incredible moment are struggling to find something, something to pray about, listen, you, you pray about me. I'll take all, all the prayers that I can take. I'll take all of them, all of the prayers. I'm open to all of them. And it is a powerful bond we have. Pray for one another. Number four, exhort one another. Hebrews chapter, chapter Hebrews chapter beginning of verse 12. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of belief in darting from the living God, but exhort one another daily. While it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. You may be looking at a trans- translate uses the word, the word encourage. And there are a couple of things that stands out. One, this idea of exhortation, this idea of encouragement, is the idea of lifting up. Well, we understand that because mostly we understand the, the flip side, right? The optic kind of word, discouraged. Well, we understand that word uh, for whatever reason more and more so. Uh, a, bro- a brother or a sister who is, is discouraged, they, they are down. For whatever reason, they are down. And, and what then do they eat? If, if they are down, they need, need to be li- lifted up. That is encouraged. That is exhortation. To exhort one another. There's, there's a word lost in with, with this that really, really makes, makes this something. Because it's not just about encouraging or exhorting one another here, here the Lord's day, day. We need to do that. And we, need, we do that by being with one another. another. Worshipping with one and that does that. When you're worshipping God next to me on the Lord's day, I'm lifted up by that. Certainly it can happen on Wednesday evenings when we are here studying God's word together. When you are here here, and you are sitting next to me in Bible class and your Bible is open and you are attentive and you are participating in what's happening in the midst of that study, I am lifted up because of that. It's one of the reasons why we, why we ought to be here, here. Because I need you in that moment. You need me in that moment. But it's not, it's not just about those moments. What does the passage tell us? Exhort one another daily. Not just here, here on the Lord's Day, although that had happens, should. And it is powerful people encouragement. Not just on Wednesday evenings. When, when we're here Bible study, it, it, it can and it should a, a powerful moment to exhort one another. But, but we are told here to exhort one another daily. It's very different. That it takes energy. That takes effort. That it takes a relationship. That t- it takes no noticing and being attentive to the opportunities that was that we have. You know, it, it's hard to miss when you study, especially in Acts early in the book, the book of Acts, chapter 2, 2, chapter 3, Acts, chapter 4, when there's so much going on with the church. church. But what cannot be missed is the time that they are spending together, together daily, daily even. 
when something happened, it seems that there was a bunch of brethren together. They could pray with one another. They could spend time with one another. They were sharing meals with one another. It's a beautiful picture, one that will build on our last one, just a moment. But the question is, is that the kind of encouraging that I'm doing? Or am I just shaking hands on Sunday morning? We need to be shaking hands on Sunday morning. We need, we need to be greeting them. But that's not, not daily. We are directed here by God to exhort one another daily. We can do that in lots of different ways. We can do that with prayer. We can do that with phone call. We can do that with, with time. We can do that with all kinds of different things. But we are exhorting one another daily. Number five. And for me and my study this week, mentally we have spent the most time on and as it's the most abstract act almost in. It's the idea of consider one another. In Hebrews chapter 10, 10 and 24, we often will reference verse 24 and, and verse 25. And a lot of times when we're referencing verse 24, referencing the end of this verse. Which, right, we need, we need to be uh, referencing the end of this verse. verse is important. But it's the beginning of this verse that really begins that thought. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse, verse 24, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and, and good words. There are other translations that help with this. This is the new King, King that I have up here, up here on the screen. This idea of considering one another. Other translations will be spur one another on to love and good works. Spur one another on. There's a lot, of, a lot of different ways that your mind can go with this idea. It, it certainly is the, the idea of the spur one another on. Uh, listen, I, I've, I've often, I'm a, I love movie, movie, watching movies. I feel, I feel like a information that I have in my mind I've learned, learned from movies, right? right? I don't know much about the police except learn from movies. I don't know much about the law except what I've learned from, from movies. I don't know much except what I've learned from movies. So I think I know a lot about the law and police and, and the military. Because I've seen those movies, right? Well, I don't know much, much about the West except what, what I've learned from movies. And what I've learned there, there is spur, right? The, the spur is a man of power. It's always making noise when you walk. That would drive Kim crazy. She, I mean, she, she doesn't do noise. And Abby, we've turned an air fire in our, in our house soon, and they're both, both like, it's so loud. I mean, so they can't can handle the noise. But it is the noise, right? It's the clinking. But it is the spur that when you're on the horse, you can give it, give it a good, and it takes us all, right? So the idea certainly is there. But as I've really meditated on this passage, message more in this week, what I really come to an understanding of, that this idea of considering another, I think is acknowledgement that I simply cannot go, go at it alone. I need one another. One of the great patients that I think faced the church in the midst of the COVID pandemic over the last, last couple of years is tempting and then convincing people that they could go, go at alone. What a dangerous, dangerous temptation that was and a, and a dangerous, dangerous way to go about it. One that is flatly wrong. 
we cannot go at it alone. Oftentimes we make reference to the fact that we can't go at it alone. We need God, and absolutely we do. We cannot go at it alone without God. We have to have him. But I think there's also a reality that is in the pages of God's book is that we cannot go on without each other. I cannot make it through this life. I cannot make it through this, this without God. God, sure, but, but I also cannot make it without you. We need one another. And maybe on a grand, uh, just a, a little bit more of a grand scale, and the point that I made about Tim, that, that I need to be pray, praying for Tim, I need Tim to be praying for me. On maybe just a, just a broad scale, the, the acknowledgement that I need everyone that's here. I need, need everyone that's here to be here as we worship God together. Every, everybody, I need everybody here. You, you, you need me to be here. But I also need, need everyone to be praying for me. need everyone to be exalting me day, daily. But guess what? You need me to be praying for you. You need, need me to be exhorting you daily. An acknowledgement of those kinds of things. What a powerful, full, powerful bond that we have with each other. And then finally this morning. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. And above all things, have, have fervent for one another. Their love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. This teaches so much more than an open home to each other. It's certainly there. It's a great way to, to get no one one another in time with one another. But it's so much more than that because it is love with an openness for each other. And it's even in the word, true love makes us charitable to each other. That's what hospitality is all about. It's about service, it's about, it's about love, it's about charitable things. It's about an opportunity to be with one another and to do for one another. As we, as we have opportunity. And, and so as we kind of close out this morning, I, I'm going to ask that you leave your mind up into the idea. And I'll, I'll encourage you, make it a point to, to be back here a few, a few hours now. John continues along this line, a very similar one as this, and I, and I ask to be affected, not just by the, the specifics of what's there, but the, but the volume of what's there. And what we can tell easily is that, that from the volume of passages that talk about our, about our relation with one another is to God, it is, it is important. What is important, important to God should, should be important to anyone. And it is on, on that thought we'll extend the invitation. Matt is going to lead us in a song of invitation. What is important to God be important to me. Now, what's important to God is not just our relationship with one another, but our, but our relationship with him. It's important to him. How do we know that? Well, we know that by what he did. Sacrificing his son to make that relationship possible. But we know it's important to him. He wants it to be important to us.
And maybe, and maybe you're here this morning and you know it is important to you. And you know it's your sin that separates you from him. That through the waters of baptism, that sin can be, can be washed away. You know those things. Let's do something about it today. And maybe there's some other way. This, this thing that spiritual, you've stepped away from God. Let's come back to him. It's important to him. You need to be important to, to us. We can help you this morning. Let us know as we stand and sing.